Good morning, Thetis. Welcome back for episode 11. Today, I have three of the sexiest people in all of Thetis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. The, the most no, 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 no. good. Do not, even, the, do not the, even compare me to Zebrin. <laughs> How dare the, you? The, the illustrious Scott. <laughs> I make no such claims to such as that. Hi, I'm Scott. I uh, run a channel called Bioware Babbling and also co-host for Accidentally Casual. And, of course, our most uh, bra uh, absolutely donkalicious Rowan. <laughs> I am, in fact, the Donkalicious Rowan, uh, and I have both a daddy and mommy king. Oh. I assume this with this. Wow. <laughs> there's more, but there's not enough time on this podcast. Oh, God. Letting all the laundry out, I like oh, it. Oh, my fucking God, I'm crying already. Uh, and then, uh, queen of booty, we have Hala. <laughs> Hi, short stature, but a booty to fill the world. I'm Hala, how are you doing? <laughs> and uh, blessing. And as always, I am uh, Ethan, a.k.a. Baron. Uh, and... <laughs> Jesus We're going Christ. straight this into is, this together, y'all. This is already a fucking mess. I love it. I gotta think of something funny to, to start, so... Oh, well. Um, <laughs> Hala, as... Hala and Aaron have been running the show lately with our topics, so uh, Hala, I'll let you go ahead and uh, bring us right in. Thank you so much. So today's podcast will be about dwarves and a little bit about titans and I wouldn't say more because we still don't know a lot about them. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we've been organizing this for a while and we have a few questions that we hope you guys have possible opinions or theories. Even if it's shit-theoring, it's fine, it's good, we like that. <laughs> so, for our first question you guys is what are in your opinion the origins or and or relationship between dwarves and titans and within that what it, what is this song for you guys uh so i guess i'll uh <clears throat> loaded question yeah i'll start yeah <laughs> i'll start <laughs> we're starting them thick jesus yeah hell yeah Damn. all right cool uh, so uh, uh. i don't know uh I like the idea of the origin of the dwarves to kind of be like some type of creation of the Titans. I think that's mm -hmm. a pretty, pretty uh, good uh, aspect that they they already kind of talk about in the game. They kind of say like, oh, the, don't they say the, the dwarves come from the Titans? Oh, no, they come from the stone, which is the Titans. So yeah. <clears throat> that is my, uh, that's like, you know, that's the theory and that's the thing. I, I like that. And I think that's, like, just the best way to go about it for me personally. Uh, yeah, I think that the dwarves come from the titans. I think if they weren't literally <laughs> coming from them, like, somehow the titans use the magic from the, the lyrium that was in their veins to spawn them in some way. Uh, and the song, I assume, is some type of, uh, again, the magic from the lyrium that is in the veins of the titans. And that it's calling the dwarves back to uh, the heart of the titan, so that they can regain their magical abilities. Nice. I didn't think of that aspect of um, <clears throat> calling them back to regain their magical abilities, but I like uh, I like the theory. I haven't heard that one before. I like y it. Yeah, I kind of like the thought of that. It, if they all come back to the to the hearts of the titans or something of that uh, of that ilk. 
that they'll become like oh. one again, like they'll become whole, like a whole being. Because without the the fade delirium inside them, they are not whole. You know. Interesting. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> uh, Scott, what about uh, what about you? How do you feel? Okay, so my idea on the <laughs> origins of the dwarves is someone in a similar vein as you, Ethan. I do think that dwarves came from the titans the titans created them um more how i think that relationship actually more works is and this is more taking from i'm more kind of looking at it from the literary analysis point of view of probably where so where i'm kind of projecting where they're getting some of their inspiration from if you look at a lot of like dwarven mythology especially if you go into like the works of like J.R.L. tolkien and things like that Dwarves almost seem to be separate from a lot of the other species. Um, just in general, in most fantasy settings, they're generally almost they are created by a separate entity other than like the main <clears throat> creator deity. Um, so, um, like if you look in Lord of the Rings, for example, or in like the Lord of the Rings universe or the Tolkien universe, um. Think and uh, Lord of the Rings experts don't butcher me on this, but uh, I want to say the main creator for like Lord of the Rings is like Ainu or something like that. I can't remember his name, but he created the elves and humans and things like that, and also the world. But another, um, oh god, I think it's the he created dwarves. I remember that. Yeah, a, a separate god created the dwarves, mm -hmm. and then was like, hey, you're not supposed to do that, but what you made was fucking dope, so I'll allow it. <laughs> um, so... Granted, it's a stupid rule. I've elected not to acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so, my best guess is probably what happened... Now that... So, that's where I'm thinking they're getting some of that from, is that the humans... And, and granted, it seems to be that Dragon Age is doing a good job of keeping the origins of all the species of all the different species and thetas very separate, mm -hmm. which I think is very cool. Um, but my best guess, what probably the dwarves are, they are, and this is gonna probably relate to one of the other questions, um, where I think the best way I, how I would describe it is. Titans are meant to be the primordial Earth. They are a meant, they are a being that is meant to be connected to the, of what would be Thetas, technically speaking. But I'm just going to use the synonym Earth. Mm, and yes. So that that primordial essence, and they are connected to that versus something like the Fade, where it seems to be a lot. Almost the best way I can describe it, the fate is much more of almost like a whimsical dream state where things can change. Um, where, yes. on the other hand, the dwarves are literally from something solid. They are from, you know, almost in a sense like the earth itself. Mm -hmm. um, mm. So in that way, um, so kind of in that way, they aren't necessarily a... It's not like they, oh, they'll eventually connect to the fate or something like that. Like, no, they were literally created separately from it. 
That's why they can never connect to it. Mm. Well, granted, Solus can somehow overpower that through bullshittery and magic, but, you know, minor details. Um, so I think that... Asterix near the relationships. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what do I think the song is? I honestly think the song is just a byproduct of Lyrium. Um, mm-hmm. And it's literally... Because like, you've kind of seen in, like, different mythologies and different folklore of, like, the idea of, like, the song of creation. Um, yes. Something that, especially if you look at a lot of more nature-esque religions, is something that you need to be in tune with. Um, you need to, like, being able to first hear it and then being able to interpret it and be in tune with it is something that's, like, major to that set religion. I think that's what... Honestly, that's what I think what Lyrium is. is just, the song itself isn't important. It's the fact that it's something that is meant to be, you know, it's, it is a little bit of a calling card, um, but it's something that, you know, is far more of a byproduct that the dwarves and stuff like that can take interpretation from, if mm. that makes sense. No, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. If I may quickly pick up on one point you made, uh, which is uh, you relate Titans to the Earth. Yeah. And I also believe in that point, and the reason why they have no connection to the Fade, and this is uh, theories I've been seeing running around, is because that is the domain of another type of gods. Before, the gods were just Titans in the Earth and dragons in the sky. So if the Fade is more connected to the dragons, I'm not astounded that the only song that can be heard is the one through which only beings that came from uh, Titans could hear it and can only feel that sort of magic themselves. Yeah. Well, so it makes actually, sense. Yeah. Well, actually, I actually don't know if dragons are more connected to the Fade because if you kind of... And a lot of this I'm pulling from the Silent Grove comics. Mm-hmm. Um, um, some of the stuff that they talk about, especially in the last <laughs> issue of the comic, spoilers for issue six for that one, um, is they the they talk about the dragons in a sense where they are very much tied to the lifeblood of the world mm-hmm. of Thetis okay. itself. So I feel like they're almost more connected. I would say almost cousins to the Titans in the sense where it's like if. The titans are of the earth. The dragons are of the sky. Uh-huh. In kind of that, like, kind of how like you see in like different mythologies, you have different creatures or different beings that are connected to different elements. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, yeah, co-rulers. Yeah. Now I'm wondering what the hell is water because I'm a little terrified of that. It's probably going to be those fucking <laughs> giant monsters that are going to be in DA4 that they showed in the concept yeah. art. Yeah, which, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. I can't um, wait to fight that and kill it. God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, you're afraid of going underwater. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the, the well, good n- deep water. Yeah, um, good news, Ethan. Um, the You don't have to go to the water. The water will just come to you. <laughs> On the oh, bright no, side, once it, gets, <laughs> once it gets out of the water, just due to displacement, you'll be fine. I was, you know. I was playing Far Cry 6 the other day, and I accidentally... Oh, no, 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 Ghost of Tsushima. 
uh, and I accidentally fell off of a ship and I landed in the water and I was like, ha, 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 and I got back on the oh, ship no. and I got back onto the ship and I was like, okay, okay, it's okay. I'm fine, I'm fine. So, Rowan, well, what are your thoughts on this? So, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to swerve the whole thing and question what exactly is the Titan itself, because we don't have a concrete answer. And something that Dragon Age is distinctly lacking, that most fantasies, at least in this modern day, have, is in like a Lovecraftian or Eldritch entity. And mm. I think the dwarves and their Titan older gods can kind of like that niche because it's so the song is described as a singing it, it's it's like a melody that we hear and we hear specifically um like it's it's cole talk about uh the the old song still singing and mentioning the song was sundered mm -hmm. so that begs the question if the titans were like almost like this hive mind like creature that controlled the dwarves and after the sundering they were oh, free like but that little strand still connects they still feel the pull of like an ancient ancestry um, and then on top of that we also have to beg the question of the titans and their relation to the old gods which are found under the earth and then on top of that we have to question <laughs> the darkspawn and specifically the great wardens because the awakened darkspawn the architect the architects the mother and the disciples it's said that they gained their free will after ingesting Grey Warden blood, which had the effect of cutting Darkspawn from the call of the old gods, which mm -hmm. we have this big tie between blood, lyrium, and the calling and the song, which mm -hmm. are all kind of similar concepts shared between the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agree. Uh, and that seems to me like dwarves in the past, like, could they have been similar to the Darkspawn in the sense that they were connected by a song to the old gods, or at least the old gods as titans, maybe shells of the form. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, yeah. I actually they... really, I like, I actually really like that, I mean, especially your idea of like the hive, the idea of like the hive mind. That oh, they're actually a hive mind. Because um, then that connection of blood, both with Grey Wardens and Titans, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, with Grey Wardens and Archdemons, also falls to Titans because it said that Lyrium is the blood of Titans. So yeah. now we have this string of connections of mm -hmm. blood having power with a song to an old entity. Yeah. I, I can agree with you on that. And the one thing I actually really like about it is, generally speaking, what we've seen with hive minds, and mind you, this is just also a cultural thing as well, minds are generally bad. They are, mm, yeah. like, if you looked at, you know, things, <laughs> you know, and a lot of the time they're used as villains. Like in so, Halo, like, the Flood. The, oh, yeah. Halo, the yep. Tyranids, um, uh, the, oh, what is the, essentially the carbon copy in StarCraft. Uh, uh, Zarg? The Zorg. Zorg. The Zerg. Yeah. Zerg. Zerg. There we go. So, like, the Zerg. Mind um, Flayers in D&D. Yeah. Yeah, Mind Flayers. Like, yeah, there's a whole laundry list of, like, you know, hive minds are bad. Um... And especially, especially once you start bringing in, I love the idea of like the Eldritch, you know, using a lot of H.P. Lovecraft mm. in that as well. The one and thing a lot I actually... of H.P. Lovecraft <laughs> also has to deal with bloodlines and blood purities. Yeah, but that's a like they haven't dealt just with racism. blood purity. Yeah, just just fun racism. <clears throat> they haven't done okay, any racism. kind of mm, God, God. <laughs> oh, they haven't done that any blood strong. purity in Dragon mm. Age, thankfully. I've been feeling yeah. like I like I mentioned um, earlier about the that uh 
the water demon. Uh, I imagine that we'll get more of that uh, eldritch horror type stuff from that as well. Oh, 100%. Oh, absolutely. And then um, that other question, that last little bit that like ties into all of this is technically Red Lyrium is Blighted Lyrium. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yes. Therefore, we have that same connection of blood uh, of, of each other almost freeing them. And then we also have to consider what happens if a Titan's heart becomes blighted. Oh, shit, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then oh, the, uh, the other thing that I want to consider uh, is, is the relationship between both Titans as a physically grounding entity mm-hmm. and uh, the elves being this ethereal, airy lightness. Yeah. Because through a couple other ideas that we can put together is that Lyrium enhances magic which we have to consider either as blood being a powerful entity that we've clearly established and blood magic also being powerful. Or it could be the fact that Templars use lyrium to ground reality. And now we have this strange dichotomy that doesn't line up with our preset ideas and established lore entities, which means that there is a connection between Titans and the elves. But we're just not sure what. Because everything connects to the elves. Yeah. So I and and that but that's also a weird thing because it's said that dwarves were one of the original races that existed even before the elves in their creation because the elves don't know how the dwarves were made and the dwarves don't know how the dwarves were made but dwarves uh, speak common tongue and spread the common tongue everywhere which means mm-hmm. that at some point they were on the surface or yeah. at some point there was no surface yeah well there's or you can even go um, a little bit further than that and just say like common or what the common language is is literally dwarven in origin um and then which means that was there an ancient human language that we don't know oh more than likely it's probably something with like the avar yes (laughs) yeah probably something to do with like the avar or the chastened or something oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. there more than likely probably was an original like a human species and then especially generally speaking common languages will come about either from from trade and or a dominant power dwarves also made trade and currency that that's part of their their confirmed lore yeah like a a good example is like native americans developed sign language as a trade language Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so then you didn't have to speak eight different languages just within your local region to be able to communicate with everyone everyone when they're trading would have a singular sign language language for trade and things like that another thing to consider is if dwarves have that natural resistance to lyrium it doesn't affect them then would red lyrium affect dwarves well we already know that yes yes it does because we have an entire plot line with Bertrand in Dragon Age 2. Yeah. So we do know it what I mean does is that we, we don't we don't understand how it affects them. It doesn't affect them because Lyrium doesn't affect them, which means that only leads the blight. But mm-hmm. the blight doesn't infect anyone else just by being near it. So is there an unspoken connection between specifically Lyrium and the dwarves? that we don't know yet because there's never been it's it's like um it's like being able to see a sound wave you know what i mean we understand the concept of sound waves but we can't physically see them yeah yeah you know, no, that's, so yeah 
Well, I mean, I mean that's not. I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent true of like, oh, what, well, within proximity, it doesn't affect other people because we do actually see that in um, Inquisition when we do time traveling shenaniganry. Um, I mean, like we we literally see some of the people who were never adjusted with Lyrian, but were just in close enough proximity, and it does affect them. Mm-hmm. Is it confirmed um, that they didn't? They weren't fed it. I don't remember. I know some of them were fed it. Um, I know some of, I think some of them weren't actually fed it, but I think some of them never did, did. Mm-hmm. But they were just at least within close enough proximity to it that okay. it did affect them. Um, but so I mean, like Red Lyrium, but yeah, it, it is strange that Red Lyrium shouldn't affect dwarves, yet it does. Exactly, so, which means there's, that there's a has, they're yeah, feeling there's, a sound wave from lyrium that's constantly on their bodies, but when it's the uh, the blighted version, it twists that sound wave. Well, and I think one thing as well we can even add on top of that: we've seen what happens when other races are affected with red lyrium, which is you know especially like most of the enemies in like Dragon Age. Um, Dragon Age Inquisition, where you see a lot of these Red Lyrium, you know, oh, excuse me, Red Lyrium enemies, mm-hmm. and they're like these crystalline monsters, effectively. Um, so but none of them were dwarves; they were yeah, all human exactly. elven, and yeah. not even specifically elven, because one would assume that if you're fighting the Templars, the Templars don't take elves. We've never seen an elven Templar. Yeah, so. That's also a good point of well, of like we've never seen dwarves get infected that way before. Um, so it's That's a good point. so it's just like okay, so do they have like a natural? Are they more naturally resistant to it, but it still just affects them differently, or what is going on there? Or mm-hmm. it may also be a thing of because I think one of the things that were the blight. You know, just it could just then. be one of those things where the writers didn't think about it because it's yeah. established in such an early game when these concepts weren't as big. So, I actually think I have a interesting explanation because if I kind of think about it, I'm like, why is it that some of these dwarves can have connections to, like, be imp- you know, with dark with lyrium also magic and it gets affected and things like that. As far as we know. The blight originated from the fade, from the black city, mm. right? So but that believe in the black city as an actual thing instead of a concept. Well, yeah, I mean, like, but the I idea that also is... doesn't count in the 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 idea that the the black city is in fact the lost city of Arlathan. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. but at, at least with the evidence provided, we know that in some way, shape, or form. The blight started in the fade, mm-hmm. and it was brought in. So I'm wondering if that might be one of the big reasons why dwarves all of a sudden can be somehow affected with magical capabilities and things like that, is because it's essentially latching on onto something that their bodies are in tune with lyrium, but then is also somehow able to incorporate the fade. So it's like a, not, like a cross contamination. Yeah, it's a cross contamination, or almost the best way I can describe it is almost like a virus, 
in the sense of a lot of time viruses will attach themselves to like healthy cells um to a healthy cell so and then they don't get identified and then they can get brought in and fuck shit up i'm wondering if it's a similar situation with lyria and that's why like dwarf because like we know the blight they can be infected by the blight um but i'm wondering if that's at least the relationship also... with red lyrium and how it can even affect them in the first place could also lead us into like that that next topic that we go into establish is the the zero why do dwarves have zero connection to the fade and it could be because the fade and lyrium aren't at all connected yeah, you know I agree. I mean? Yeah, I very and much agree with you on that one. The only reason that it might, and the only reason that like we can see at the end of, it's tr- not trespasser at the end of um, what's the the Dragon Age? It's Inquisition. It's the DLC where you go to the descent underground. Uh, descent. Yeah. At the end of the descent, we can see the dwarf being the first person, the first dwarf in recorded history to have magic, and that could be mm-hmm. almost like a either a blood magic thing. Or it could be one of those ones where it's like uh, the reversing of tranquility, where something has touched them from a beyond point, yes. which implies yeah. that if the fade is the metaphysical of the sky, that means that there could possibly be a metaphysical of the ground or the earth. Mm. And theoretically, there's something on the other end that touches you through that lyrium. Mm-hmm. Well, you do have the sky underground that we saw in the descent. Exactly. So it's perfectly possible. Yo, does that yeah. mean that like Fabus is technically flat Earth? Uh, no, 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 that's not flat Earth. It's what, what's yeah, it called? Really. Uh, yeah. co- uh, I don't know about you, but I'm a flat Fabuser now. And <laughs> oh, I don't hear nothing else. No, no, it's not the flat Earth people that believe that. That's uh, Hollow Earth. No, no, I don't think it's flat Earth. Oh, I think no? it's. I think it's. I don't think it's Hollow Earth. I think it's flat Earth. I think that's just the underside. <laughs> okay. Dug, like when you were a kid, and you're like, oh yeah, you can dig to China, kind of thing. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> All right, well, I have no con- I will not hear anything on that because there's no proof that Thetis is round. <laughs> I'll give you that. There you go. So, uh, the only conspiracy theories we have here is that bring back the lizard people. Band. That, yes, the scaled ones because there are lizard people, which exactly means that there's an Illuminati Thetis. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all I want there to bring back the uh, the, the lizard people. <laughs> I'm like a raccoon um, in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> Just to add in my, my two cents to the first question real quick. So I think that dwarves didn't exist before at all, before the titans. Mm-hmm. But they existed in a form, per se. Oh, so like, so, a, pro- like a proto-dwarf. Not quite. No, no, not quite. So here's the thing. Um... For example, uh, I looked more at stuff that Cole said a lot, like many of his dialogues, and he said at one point, they feel older than they look, they've been changed, and their bodies are incomplete now. Delirium helps, but their bodies always want to connect to something older, bigger than they are. That's why they block magic. Mm -hmm. They reach for that other thing, and magic has no room to come in. And he says a series of other things which all connected make me think that in the very beginning um, dragons and titans existed and titans weren't one singular organism like uh, you guys mentioned at one point there was the whole hive mind thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
titans were actually constituted of multiple dwarves, multiple cells to the entire organism. Mm. Okay. And what, what connected them was their blood, lyrium. And when, in fact, the song I interpreted as the sound of the blood flow, which is lyrium. Ah. So... I think that what happened was, at one point, uh, dwarves were forcefully sundered from mm -hmm. titans, mm -hmm. likely in some cases uh, out of necessity during the war with the elves, which I will touch upon later. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, also in regards to why they have issues with uh, Red Lyrium, for example, and why they become insane, is because picking up on something that was said before, I'm not sure by who, I'm sorry. So their hearts were blighted, and once they were blighted, the blood that flowed from it became uh, blighted as well, a form of blighted, mm -hmm. and it became red lyrium. The song was disrupted, the blood flow was disrupted, and that was a way that some of the titans were currently lost forever, while others are maybe still asleep, like the one we saw in The Descent. Okay. So there's this. Yeah, I like that, yeah. I feel like everybody's got very uh, good uh, good thoughts on this. I, I, I like it. Oh, it also yeah. begs the question that if those... Go away, I'm busy, I'm busy. Kitty. I hear a kitty. <laughs> you do. Um, it also begs the question that if those blighted titans, like the lost ones, are still there and they are blighted, we, yeah. I can't remember if we know a way to cure the blight yet. No, there hasn't been one. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, te technically it's happened, but like, we don't know how. Okay. Because it happened one to Fiona. Was... Yeah. Oh, well, no, yeah, Fiona was, yeah, oh, okay, I guess that's true. Yeah. Ooh. Oh no, that's easy actually. She was pregnant with a Theron, who was a who is a direct descendant of Callanhad, mm -hmm. who yep. drank the blood of dragons. And I'm guessing dragons care to can to a degree overpower the blight because you have reports of them being blighted. And what they do is they develop this body around it and then just expel the blight when they could. They could, to a certain degree, if there was not too much of it, like stall the blood in their own bodies. Hmm. Interesting. I haven't heard. I I haven't heard anything like that. But like, I, I that's a pretty cool idea. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's totally possible. But I think that I don't know. Well, I I'm assuming that we will find answers like directly from them sometime soon. Mm -hmm. Need it. Huh. I, I... What did you say, Holly? Okay. Uh, I said, please, we need it. Oh, yeah. yeah I was say, and none of the soulless, like, I know I bitched about this last podcast <laughs> I was on, which was a while ago, <laughs> but please don't do what fucking soulless did. Like, where it's like, oh, you gave us some exposition that is literally super deep or is super shallow and is so, does not provide any context whatsoever <laughs> that you're like, what you're telling me is fucking useless. <laughs> it's like, uh, God, I, I always love using the analogy of like, imagine someone describing the complexity of World War One, 
by just saying there was a war. <laughs> and leaving sense. out all the important context. It's just like, ugh. Anyway. He said, that, he um, said everything without saying anything. There was a war. Yeah, I'm like, yes, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're technically not wrong, but like, sweet Jesus Christ, you're missing some context. They do be Warren. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I think we did kind of hit a little bit on like why they don't have connection to the Fade. Oh, yeah, no, we, we, yeah. we did it. Yeah, that was, so, uh, Rowan brought it up uh, earlier. Yeah. So, so I, I guess the next question is, what is the connection between elves, dwarves in the past and present? And is it relevant to the future of Thetis? Uh, well, I think it's very clear that in the past, uh, there was a war. (laughs) (laughs) As I said, they do be warring out there. Uh, they do do. do be doing it. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, uh, yeah, Siri. Shut up, Google. Google. But, uh, yeah, so presently, I feel like there's not much of a, any serious connection. There's no fight. There's no struggle at the very moment. Uh, at least from my perspective, it seems like all the races either like each other or hate each other equally. And everybody's kind of just like, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> it's not even like by like species no it's not species and it's yeah oh no we hate no the kunari hate to venture and vice versa yeah it's more mainly, country but yeah but it's mainly due to ideological reasons not yeah the fact that one species has big old thick horns and the other one is a bunch of magic boys yeah so i i feel like as of now there's no real uh connection between them uh, but I imagine as the new next game comes out, I'm sure we'll go down into some new tags or, and learn some new stuff, or we'll get some information oh, yeah. from the uh, the uh, Evaneris and Solus, and we'll have a better understanding of everything. Yeah, I, I mean, if we follow the track record for uh, like the recent Dragon Age stuff, probably the elves. Yeah, yeah most likely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, what, what about you, Scott? What do you What do you What are you thinking? Okay, so here's the thing. I, I'm very. I'm wondering if there was conflict between the elves and dwarves. I actually think it's even. It's ancient history by this point, even by the timescale of the Evanuris. And the reason why I say that is because we do have someone from back then, Solus. And obvious, you can tell, like, he's rather opinionated, and he does let his biases come out. When the nice thing is about that, with those biases, we can kind of get a glimpse of, like, okay, what were the attitudes like back then? Um, And probably, since a lot of his attitudes were influenced by his time, which was much further than any of us, we can kind of get a good idea of that. He doesn't have any bad relations with any of the dwarves. Mm-hmm. Is it doesn't possible? Ever... Go ahead, finish your thing. Yeah, like, and he never really badmouths them, and if anything, kind of almost speaks to them with a reverency in some regards. Um, and like we've seen he... him, and like we've seen him shit on the, you know, um. Oh God, Everybody. why am I? No, the um, elves. 
the elves. Um, god damn it. Elves? Modern elves? Yeah, modern elves, but what is, um, not the city elves, the other ones. Dalish. Oh, the... Dalish, thank Dalish. you. I was just thinking, like, it starts with a D. <laughs> Fuck. <Does> it? <laughs> um, just, just the D. Okay, got it. Um, <laughs> and... But I think, like, obviously we know his opinions on, like, the Dalish and the Kunari and, like, we're starting to see, like, hints of that. But the thing that I find is interesting is that he doesn't have that towards the dwarves. So I'm wondering if there was ever a conflict between them. Mm -hmm. I have to disagree so... a little bit here. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, like, if you go into the lines that he has mainly when he's talking with Varric during, you know, the field dialogues and stuff. You notice that he has tendency to ask questions about modern dwarves, try to figure out what they're about, but you see that he has reverence for the ancient dwarves. And well, these, to him, seem kind of a disappointment when he learns more and more about them, especially okay. if they're surface dwarves. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's also super pretentious about cultures. So yeah. It could just be a thing <laughs> yeah. where he's like, hold on, you don't know where you're from. What, what do you mean? Yeah, no, uh, but th more my point is, Hala, that if, because we have seen him talk bad about other species in the past, if he would have had a bad experience with them, he would have had it, you know, he would have had it back then, and we would have seen it. So I'm thinking that if there was ever conflict between the two, it's older than Solus. It's oh, older okay. than like it's older than the Evanuris, that yeah. even by them by those strangers like that was so long ago it doesn't matter, which is also again really kind of ironic for Solus to have that mindset. I find that a little funny. Um, possible that we're dealing with like a well okay so there's two things. The first one is to consider that why were the old gods sent underground if that's what we choose to attribute them to be mm -hmm. you know what i mean why were they sent underground what what connection was there with specifically the dwarves and the earth and humans of that time to send them under there as a prison and then the oh, other yeah. question that we can come into is that is it possible we're dealing with like an almost norse mythology kind of perspective where there was the maker an ancient primordial being whose body was used to make the the realms that we know now in the sense that like in Norse mythology they they like you they had oh. Amir's skull and used his brains to make clouds and shit like that. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, it begs yeah. the question is it possible that Titans and specifically the underground of it was the body and the heart and that the fade and the elves were the mind. That would I like that idea. Yeah, that's I a, like we're that. dealing with this again it, it's a, a history that's so ancient and old that it's eldritch in its nature, which is something that Dragon Age is distinctly lacking. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I wouldn't even say it's distinctly lacking. It's It takes the very realistic approach of there's not a lot of, you know, there's not going to be record a written record of that those times. So, there is an era, there is an air of there is an air to it that is mysterious and eldritch, but that's just because it's unknown. We don't know anything about it. 
So before almost the establishment of the Chantry is just described as ancient. And that makes it even more difficult because you don't have a lot of uh, remaining hi written history yeah. of the times before then. I mean, like, it's almost the best way I can describe it if I were to use a real-world example. It's almost... It would be as if the Romans were trying to write about the Babylonians, even though mm. they are thousands of years. You know, like, the Romans were, like, can declare, like, oh, back Romulus and Remus were those are the ancient times we're going to declare yeah. that as ancient it's that when, fun fact that like yeah. technically we're closer to cleopatra than cleopatra was to the pyramids mm -hmm. yeah exactly <clears throat> yeah exactly of and especially just like to kind of go on to the roman example it's like you're trying to describe something that happened during like the sumeritan or babylonian times mm -hmm. where it's just like you're you're not wrong it's ancient but like <laughs> Time scale wise, it's so far apart. Or, you know, Cleopatra. Or my favorite one is like, it it, it was like a similar comparison to like Cleopatra to us is closer than Cleopatra to the pyramids. But the one I saw, it compared it to Pizza Hut. Of like, mm -hmm. Wait, Cleopatra what? is closer <laughs> to the founding of Pizza Hut <laughs> than the ancient pyramids. <laughs> Please explain to me why you chose. Next time it'll be old McDonald had a had a pyramid or something. <laughs> because when the world collapses, I will one hundred percent be measuring time from the birth of Hut. You know what's funny <laughs> is that I genuinely like this is not even a joke. I <laughs> I measure time a lot by the release of when Halo Three came out. A lot of people be like, hey, what what year was that? And I was like, well, I was like, oh, well, Halo 3 was like, what, like 2000, 2007? Uh, <laughs> 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 I, I don't know why. But I don't know why when I do that. But it's also the same thing with Mass Effect 3, right? So I'm like, okay. Halo 3 was 2007. Mass Effect 3 was 2012. And that is like my, that is my basis of time. <laughs> It's such an arbitrary marker. It's like, hmm, I don't know. How long ago did uh, Burger King do chicken fries? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You guys have chicken oh. fries? I want that. Oh, you don't have chicken fries? What? <laughs> you don't have chicken fries in Portugal? She's European. She's yeah. European. It's okay. She's uh, not dude. a dolphin yeah. fat fuck like we are. So <laughs> um, it's chicken, right? So but it's like really thin and fried like a French fry. And you get it in oh. a box like a French fry. Ah, oh, so good. About, <gasps> about, I, I, I will oh, literally okay. go to. There's the. I was. I'm going down the street, to the movie theater in a little bit. And when I get there, I might stop at Burger King just to get fries They're and back. send them to you. They're officially back. They're, so please yes. do. <laughs> I actually do have. So I actually realized I do actually have another point about the connection between dwarves and elves. Um, spoilers for Horrors of Hormac for all those who haven't read it, but like it's been how many almost. Three? Almost two years now. Yeah, it's Jesus two Christ, years. really? Holy fuck. Yeah. Um, Welcome God. to COVID. No one understands time anymore. Yeah, yeah pretty much. And anyway. How long ago did chicken fries come out? <laughs> <laughs> well, in relation anyway. to Halo 3. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Scott. What is, what is the time frame between Halo 3 and chicken fries? <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, so I will well, go check, just so you know. 
Okay, th- thank God, Rowan. Thank God. Um, so one of the things, if you read Horrors of Hormank, they do describe, like, you, you, they do go into a dwarven taig, but then they go even deeper than that, and they find an elven ruin, which indicates it may be older. I think they... I think they do indicate that, like, the Tige, the Tig is younger than the Elven Ruins. So now we also, like, to add to that more of, you know, the Elves were also underground, too. And it, this wasn't an isolated event. There were 11 of these underground Elven laboratories slash cities. These are all implied to be structures connected to, in all likelihood, mind you, Gilanon. Yeah. yeah, which also were pretty much probably all underground laboratories <clears throat> that she concocted Eldritch Horrors from, but, you know, minor details on that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, there's also the indication of, like, okay, so did the elves also? Like, okay, we thought dwarves were the only ones exploring the underground, or... I guess if I would use D and D terms, the Underdark. Is it um, possible that they that the Titan itself is older and or younger than what we're mentioning, in the sense that like the Titans are so old and hadn't really been discovered, kind of event, or is it that they hadn't <laughs> formed yet and that's what they were exploring underneath? Uh, and then, for reference. Chicken fries came out 2004. Halo 3 came out 2007. Uh, actually, I looked it up. It's a chicken fries. I was saving that, and I saw that chicken fries came out 2005. You're spreading false information. 2004, because that was the creation of them, not the Burger King release. Oh, I'm talking about the Burger King release. I I was also on the Wikipedia. September 25th is when Halo 3 came out. 2007. Oh god, this just reminds me of my old debate days where people would literally debate sources on literally the time that they released. <laughs> Look, those, uh, some of us do that for a living, okay? We don't have a choice. Uh, well, um, I mean, like, I understand that, yeah. Quickly, I'd like to, to say, uh, uh, Burger King and Halo aside, uh, I, I do have to cut this episode short. So, before we go, I'd like to ask you guys a question. Do you want to answer the last question quickly, right now? Or would you guys rather make a part two to this episode? I want to do a part two because that is uh, a big question. That's the most loaded one because it falls into DA4 speculation. And then that's a whole podcast on its own. You know what yeah. I mean? And it, I'm literally getting dressed as we are talking. I got... <laughs> I... You know, your your audio quality is fan-fucking-tastic for, like, Thank you. you moving around and stuff I'm like honestly that. honestly kind of sad I haven't heard you take off your pants. Uh, actually, I was putting on pants. It's you had to take off pants in the first place. No, I was in my boxers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh, man, you're weird. You don't put on fresh underwear for work? I'm not going to work. I'm going out. Oh. You put on fresh underwear to go out? <laughs> well, I mean, they are fresh. They're not, they're not, they're not dirty. But, uh, alright, so... <laughs> yeah. You're going on a date all musty? Uh, no, I, it's not a date, it's out with my buddies. It's just out with the uh, boys. Some people really uh, okay. do like the must. Don't don't discount that. I've been with a few yeah. ladies in my oh, time. Okay. I know a thing or two. But... <laughs> alright, alright. I, I gotta shut it down. Thank, thank, thank you guys so much for 
working with me on this episode. I appreciate you, Scott. I love having you here. Thank you so much. Hala, yeah, as always. Great to be here. No problem. Hala, as always, thank you so much for taking care of everything, getting us all set up and all the planning and stuff. You are a godsend. I love you. And oh, my pleasure. <laughs> and Rowan, you are my, my baby boy. You know I love you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Big, big funny man. Oh yes, just dudes being dudes. Guys <laughs> being guys, dudes being dudes. And Thetis being Thetis. Thank you very much for stopping by. Right. Get it fucking right. And we'll fucking see you next time, Thetis, you fucking gorgeous son of a bitch. I'll see ya. Flat <laughs> piece of rock. <laughs> see you next time, you fucking nerd. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>